Literally my favourite week on Neighbours in so long. Roxy arrives, Imogen said goodbye, Ellie gets blackmailed, and Kersha literally cannot stop talking. It's this week's Ramsey Speak. The feistiness is back in the show. Roxy has joined and she has bought the youth, she's bought the fun, she's bought the prettiness and the sexiness. Oh, I love her and I'm so excited she's joined the cast. She is going to be a fire starter. She's going to be round Sheila non-stop. I think Teresa's going to have her hands full. And I think we're going to see a really nice dynamic with Paul as well. She's just exactly what the show needed right now. We needed a spark. We needed a storyline that's going to make us all laugh. You're going to love her or hate her. It's not, you know, deep. We're not getting all this drama about a baby or about, you know, a murderer that's now living with your parents. It's just proper classic neighbours. It's super fun. And even from just her arrival, I knew that she was going to stir things up. Sip and suck. Yeah, I'm really just going to grab some ice. Come on, it is not like I can drink it now. Roxy? Mum, Auntie, Emma, what are you wearing? Oh, tequila seepage, but it is worth it just so I can give this babe a hug. Come here, how are you? You look great. So does your rag. You should take notes from your (laughs) mum. I love that. I loved um, Imogen's face in those moments, which um, was just like jaw to the floor, kind of like, what on earth is going on? She's never seen behaviour so bad. Oh, love Imo, but love Roxy. Love what she's bringing. Big up Therese's rack as well, getting a shout out like immediately. Yeah, Roxy's just the classic um, neighbour's girl character. She's like when Ellie first came to the show and she was Hurricane Ellie or when Chloe joined and she was just as Hurricane Chloe, basically. And Roxy just seems to be that character, which is nice. She's going to she's gonna piss people off, but she's equally going to bring us so many entertaining moments. Mm. And with her, obviously, also came her mum, which was in the show before. Nobody really remembered her, but um, she really gave me those kind of plain Jane Superbrain vibe. She gave me like a proper nostalgic Neighbours character vibe. And I, I quite enjoyed it. I liked her. I liked that she just came and went. It was very Susan's sister-esque as well, which I really enjoyed. Exactly. I was going to say, she was she was really quickly in it. She kind of like dipped in and out in one episode. And just dropped her child. Done. Exactly. Just dropped her child <laughs> off and then neighbors. ran away. But I thought she was lovely. I hope we get to see a bit more because that kind of expands the Willis family. So we got to see, oh, there is more of them that we haven't been spoken about on screen before. Um, and I enjoyed that. It makes it a bigger family. Yeah, and I think Gary was chatting to... Uh, Gary and Amy were chatting to Therese about the fact that obviously it's not blood relative to Therese. It's it's Brad's side. And um, I think he said something like, oh, uh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? And she was like, no, no, we have like such a good relationship or something like that. And that was just a really nice throwaway because it's like they actually didn't end on bad terms. Um, and, you know, they're still friends and obviously all their kids still come and visit both of them, it seems. So maybe that opens the door for like a Brad return at some point, just randomly, you know, if he wanted to. Um, we know that obviously Kate Kendall works on the show as Lauren, who he's married to. So that could potentially happen. And with the kind of plain Jane S character brought in, one good thing that did come out of it is she brought that fantastic line about the sofa, which was so throwaway and you would only realise it if you remember that moment between Therese and Paul, but oh, it was great. And this is my office. Very schmick. Hmm. Bet this thing's seen a lot of action. Sorry? All the investors you've schmoozed into deals. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bet that thing's seen a lot of action. She's like, what? Oh, my God. Everybody knows I'm a bit of a bit of a goer. <laughs> there was just um, so many of these sorts of lines this week, which just, um, they just bring me loads of joy. And it took Neighbours back to being that, like, 22 minutes of pure joy. 
every single episode this week, I came away just smiling and feeling happy. And just like I used to with Neighbours, it was like filling my heart with like a warm, fuzzy Erinsborough type feeling. Mm. Mm -hmm. Tasty. (laughs) I really liked that. I loved Paul's introduction to Roxy. I'm just loving seeing Paul back in his house. It's taking me back to when he lived there with Rebecca and Declan, which I'm loving. He's back on the street. Um, I just want Elle to swing by now and just like pop in you know, uh, Andrew to come back, it would be great. You know, we could have the whole clan there. Um, But yeah, Paul's introduction to Roxy was again, just some classic script writing from the Neighbours cast. Should I know you or have I just interrupted the world's laziest break and enter? Hey there, Rumi. Excuse me? You're on a tease new fella, right? I'm Roxy. I just moved in. Oh, good. You're home. Um, Can you give me a hand in the kitchen? Yeah, of course I can. So, there's... There's been a bit of a development. Mm, yeah, I can see that. So where is this sister-in-law of yours? <clears throat> she's on a plane back up to Darwin. Oh, I see. So she stopped just long enough to dump her daughter on us. No, to put it crudely, yes. <clears throat> OK. So what's wrong with her? There's nothing wrong with Roxy. No. She's just been out of school for a few years and she's finding it hard to get a job up in Darwin. Mm-hmm. Love that. Paul loves a lost cause and he's come round to that so quickly. I'm liking this free-for-all Paul, relaxed Paul... Um, it's great. Roxy just coming in there without, you know, one-liners. She's just going to keep kind of brewing and really winding people up in the background. And she's kind of trying to work out everybody's kind of strengths and weaknesses. When she walked into the kitchen uh, this week and she took all her clothes off and was like, oh, I forgot you're all annoyed about nudity. And Ned was like, that was a stunt. Um, <laughs> I love that. She's just winding them up. She's bringing a bit of drama. And, you know, I really can't wait till, like, Dippy confronts her and there's, like, a neighbourhood, you know, over the um, fence Dippy drama where Dippy's like, well, I don't think the PTA would, you know, be for this. Or that I just really mm. want that kind of real neighbourhood kind of, um, like, arguments and drama. I think it'd be great. I think it's cool. And some of the characters that Paul works best against are the characters who are like Roxy, who are, you know, powerful women who are strong in their opinions and feisty. It just works really well. I can't wait to see that contrast between Paul, you know, stern Paul with his opinions and then Roxy, who's like a complete free spirit. And the fact they're under the same roof is just going to make it magic to watch. And talking of strong women, Roxy came across Sheila pretty quickly because Therese set her up in the (laughs) waterhole. Absolutely loved that she called her Mama Jugs. Literally, again, I, I, I keep saying my favourite, but again, one of my favourite lines of the week. Two hours into your trial, you're setting the bar alight and you're pushing Sheila to breaking point. I had a hunch Mama Jugs reaches breaking point on the rig. This is not funny. <laughs> I should be calling your mother and sending you back to Darwin today. <laughs> love it. I just love it. I think um, Mama Jugs. Mama Jugs should now become Sheila's permanent nickname. Yeah. We should only refer to Sheila as Mama Jugs. So, Mama Jugs, we absolutely love you. Uh, Mama Jugs' reactions this week have been great. We will be talking about them later. Um, yeah, just Roxy, just free spirit, says what she wants, does what she wants, and I love it. And to raise is, makes her even more, like, uptight and kind of like, no, you can't do that, Roxy. And I think that is fab as well. Mm. Well, from one canon to another, let's talk about Kyle and Chloe. Oh, Kyle. They have been bonking all over the place. They have, which I just appreciate any opportunity to see Kyle, like, topless. yeah. I mean, Kyle just looks great. I love him. I just think he looks like a proper Australian lad. And I just, I think he's just brilliant. He's bringing the kind of one-liners we often only get from the female cast members, I find. We get like the Naomi Cannons, the Sheilas, Susan sometimes. 
or, or Chloe, but to actually get them from a male character who's been really cheeky and quite fun and it's not Aaron or David where it's more of like a gay kind of like cattiness or they're having an argument thing. It's really fun. We're just getting these real throwaway lines from him. He's having a great time. He's a lad living in a share house. He's having sex with a girl constantly and he's loving life. What I enjoy about Carl is he was written in always as a character who he's not like the most smart person on the earth he's never claimed to be someone who did really well at school or anything he's just you know he had the yard and that was his thing so i really enjoy that he is just that kind of like oblivious lives on a cloud kind of guy and chloe this hot girl is there and he's like "Mm, this would be a bit fun and i love that he's back in the show as a single man because he's always been that kind of character that like cheeky chappy but now that he's single he can like have that even more and i'm really enjoying seeing it and he's always had quite a good moral compass, unlike his dad, who kind of seems to, you know, do whatever to get money. Yeah. Carl's the one who's always a bit like, oh, no, I won't do that. Or even with Amy, you know, we know that he's in love with her, but he hasn't made a move yet. He's conscious. He's aware of his surroundings. And I think he cares about people's feelings. Um, and even when, you know, Paul asked him to kind of break Amy up with Gary, he he wasn't having it. He wasn't interested. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens if it does come out that Chloe's being paid off by Paul to you know, not be with Kyle, because I don't think he'll be very happy with it. I think he'll be really quite hurt that she's done that to him. I think so. But uh, when he came back to the show, I actually thought "Mm, maybe Kyle and Amy would be a good little match. But I'm really enjoying the Kyle and Chloe dynamic. I think the two characters play really well off against each other. Chloe is this like crazy feisty character. She's funny and she's very free spirited. And Kyle is like, especially now, incredibly laid back and just like, I've just come out of a marriage I'm just going to see where things take me. And I really like them being together. Like, you know, they had a bit of fun in the laundry room this week. Fun party. All that romance in the air. Usually makes me roll the proverbial eye, but today it's the opposite. Think you can help out? Well, I reckon I could. Want to head home? But home is so far away. It's across the road. And not there. Yeah, but maybe that's the problem. Girl likes a bit of danger. I could take the batteries out of the smoke alarm. Or... We could get it on right here in the laundry. Unless that's a problem for you for some reason. Nah, of course not. Let's hit the cycle of spin. Absolutely loved that. Loved Amy walking in on them. The fact that Carl had to explain that that's where him and Amy had sex before. I love that that's like a thing. I just, I'm really enjoying Chloe's um, lines this week. I think she's worked with Chris Milligan in the past, so she actually knows Carl. So maybe that's the fact that I'm just finding she's coming across more comfortable. Yeah. But I find sometimes on screen, April can come across a little bit stiff and a little bit like you can see she's reading her lines in her head. And I've just found with these Chris scenes, she's really bossing it. She's coming across like one of my favourite characters on the show. And I really wasn't a big fan of Chloe as a character. Um, and I'm just really enjoying it. She's fun. Chloe is intelligent. She knows how to get money out of Paul. You know, she's not silly. She's not putting herself out there. She's clever. She's playing a game and then she's playing with Carl and she's having fun and she's trying to live her life. And it's nice to see that from her. She was really down about, you know, getting Huntington's and kind of the stress of that. So to see her come back up, have a bit of a laugh, but also to be really enjoying her scenes, I'm I'm loving And I'm loving it from a like storyliner's perspective. When April first came into the show, obviously, as any character first gets written into the show, she got given every single storyline under the sun, like the Huntingtons and then the Ellie drama, etc. It's just been ongoing. And now we see her put in a storyline which is not a sole focus. It's very much a back burner just to entertain the audience. And I imagine she's enjoying it as an actress because the pressure is slightly off. 
And in that sense, we also then as an audience get to see her be a bit more relaxed. So she does come across on screen like she's really enjoying herself. Yeah. And she says funny lines, which I actually believe are funnier that the character would say it without, like you said, it being a line written in her head that she has to deliver. Yeah, I think it's so true. And she's coming across like she's far more embedded into the neighbor's family. Whereas you said before, she had these huge storylines. She was very independent. You know, Mark and Aaron didn't know what she was doing. So it felt like all she was doing was kind of running her own show. And then it would just plug in when it all exploded. But now, you know, she's talking to Paul. Paul's in on the drama. She might have told someone else. They're in on it. Carl's involved in this secret fling. You know, she's actually got kind of like pinpoints on the street and people she can go to. So I really, really like that. I'm enjoying it a lot. And... If you've listened to our podcast before, you will know that I am the biggest fan of Naomi Canning. Naomi Canning should be back on the show. She should never have left the show and she is a vital part of Neighbours history. The way they're writing Chloe at the moment and elements of Roxy as well, but especially Chloe, is coming across very much like a Naomi Canning character and I'm really loving it. Mm. The moment this week when she slapped Kyle was like, just took me right back to where Naomi was in the show. Every element of that scene was so Naomi Canning and I live for it. And until Naomi comes back, I'm shipping Chloe as Naomi. This is your last warning, Kyle. I am not interested in being with you ever. Now get out of my sight. Oh. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. I had to act fast when I saw Paul. Did I hurt you? I didn't realise you liked playing it rough. Oh. <laughs> Got to say, I'm not completely against it. <laughs> Only if I get to be the boss, got it? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but we'll need a safe word. <laughs> so good. We're going to need a safe word. Oh, Kyle. Oh, having sex with Kyle. Oh. Stop it. Stop thinking about it. Right. Um, no, I really love those two together. I think they're great. They're adding so much comedy. And I mentioned to you earlier, Alf, but I really love at the moment that all of the the couples, married couples, etc., in the show are all delivering some some really great couple moments. Mm. After we saw the sadness of Sonia, and then the show, in my opinion, went through a bit of a dip of being a bit like, oh, what on earth is going on? Like, it's yeah. all just up in the air. It was all a bit Finn-focused as well, wasn't it? And it yeah. wasn't about anybody on the show living together in a community. It was just about a witch hunt against Finn, and it just became a bit repetitive. And I get what people are saying online about, you know, God, everyone's sleeping with everyone and it's just an incestuous mess at this point. But at the same time, each couple that are together at the moment are just great. Carl and Chloe, great. Gary and Amy, great. Like even Ellie and Mark, so great. We've just got such strong couples around who are just adding amazing moments. I was in uh, Malaysia this week, so I watched all of this week's episodes of Neighbours uh, on my flight back. I was sitting next to my colleague, also called Sam, and he doesn't watch Neighbours. And uh, he got so drawn in by me we watched it that we watched a few of them together. And uh, trying to explain some of the storylines, when you say them out loud, <laughs> so you're like, right, so this is Ellie. Um, she's having a baby with this guy that tried to murder her brother, but also at the same time, Susan, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was it actually out loud. I was just like, oh, this is so ridiculous. Yeah. And when you actually say them, it is so funny. But it's what makes Neighbours great. Um it was really funny as a, someone who doesn't watch it. He absolutely loved Roxy and thought she was a great character. Loved the classic Susan and Carl scenes, as we all do. And loved Messy Ellie. And I think we've got to talk about Messy Ellie because whilst a lot of the relationships I'm loving at the moment, Mark and Ellie, I just don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know what's going on relationship-wise. What I found funny this week is spontaneously Ellie is now back to being an educator. She's back to teaching again, which... It's so ironic considering her life is a complete mess, which I'm sure is why she's doing it again. Um, and it was just so brushed onto the rug. It was just like, oh, great to see you back at the school, you know, and it was like, oh, 
really? <laughs> that was, that's as easy as it should be. Like she's been applying for jobs for months, borderline almost a year. And she's just, uh, you know, just come straight back to Erinsborough High without a problem. They're like, they're like, you've had a year off. What, what's your experience? Ah, uh, well, I cheated on my husband with his sister, got <laughs> married um, and, and cried in an interview. But oh, and, and I got taken and kidnapped by the guy who's now living in my house. But apart from that, no, it's all oh, going that, really yeah. well. No, I'm fine. Really I'm well. fine. Yeah. Don't need any counselling. I'm fine. Um, yeah, I'm really loving Mess Ellie and... The thing is this week, though, like you said, I don't know what's going on between Mark and Ellie. Mark is, you know, you'd like to think he's a strong character. He's a policeman. He's been through marriages. He's been through... Intelligent character as well. Yeah, very intelligent. And yet this week, Ellie goes for the ultrasound, claims she's had it before. So when Mark gets there, it's already happened, but they don't have a picture. And Mark's just like, oh, well, yeah, I'll go to the next one. And it's like... Mark, come on. He's away with the fairies. The thing is, I've already had the ultrasound. What? But the appointment's not until four. I know, but because you got that tip off, I didn't think you'd make it in, so I came early, the person before me cancelled, and then they took me straight in. I really wanted to be here. I know, I'm sorry. Ellie Brennan? Dr Dietrich, thank you so much for today. We'll, We'll be in touch. Yeah? Um, why... Why was she calling you back? Um... I thought I had a question, but I don't. (laughs) Well, how did everything go? Was everything okay? How was the MT measurement? It was good. Everything was normal. Great. Mm. Did you hear the heartbeat? Yeah. Yeah, it was magical. (laughs) Yeah, they had a problem with the printer, so I couldn't get the ultrasound photo, but they'd let us know when it's ready. Oh, well, hopefully it doesn't take too long. Can't wait to meet our baby. I know. Oh, the bloody Erinsborough Hospital printer was out. Yeah, God. Oh. Yeah, he's just, um, he's so naive. And like, will he ever learn? Because this is just, like, he constantly is getting in these situations. At some point, Mark, you've got to learn that you've got to see alarm bells when things like this happen. Alarm bells should be constantly going off in your head right now. His moral compass is just very twisted. And the last few weeks we've seen scenes where, you know, he said to Ellie, I don't think we'll ever be able to sleep together again or this feels weird. And I felt like we were seeing a bit of a kind of more, kind of like a more headspace side of him where you're seeing his his mental health and kind of how it was really affecting him. I'm sad that he seems to have kind of really moved on from Sonia. I know that we got the box with Caitlin's bits in them this week, which was really nice. And that's how, obviously, Ellie then used that photo as the fake ultrasound, which is so crazily Awful. twisted. Yeah, just so um, messed up. But I love, I love that as a storyline because that is really fantastic that Ellie is now, anything around her is like an opportunity. So when Dippy dropped that stuff over... Ellie was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. I can make this work. She's totally panicking. She's dug a hole so big she can't climb out of it. Um, and she's, ju- she's just in total panic. Well, it's getting to the point now where is there a single person that Ellie hasn't lied to because she's lied to Dippy about the ultrasound and she's lying to people about the box and then she's lying. She's just lying left, front and centre. Well, she's and- lying to everyone about who's the babies is. Well, yeah, but then the web of lies can only, you know, it grows to a certain size and she's going to slip up with one of them. And so that is when you'll see just mess Ellie completely crumble but she's lied to so many people around her that nobody's going to trust her she's completely lying to her family as well how are they gonna get past this so mm, and we've seen a lot of um b drama with finn but we haven't really seen ellie engaging with finn that much i know that she lives with mark obviously but we haven't seen her really pop over to the kennedys much or just respond to that you know they were together um and she had to lie in court obviously to get um sean away so 
does she actually feel okay about him? How does she feel about all of that drama? I just, I, I just, find it really odd. Yeah, I doubt she's even got the headspace for it at the moment. But potentially, who knows, when this all crumbles and comes out, because it has to at some point, maybe that's the point when Ellie will turn to Finn, because Finn will be the only person probably who will speak to Ellie at that point, because nobody else is going to trust her. No, and talking of trust, she's got even less reason to feel trust in anyone around her, because her doctor's son is the bully at school in her class. This is just the most um, unrealistic and could honestly never, ever happen. And it I would love it. never happen. And it's so typical, Neighbours. Yeah, Dean, you know, finds out a bit of goss from some medical records, and then he's going to use it against her to get an A. Also, can I just say, love ha- that we're having a bit of a camp bully. Fantastic. Do you really want your husband to know you've been lying to him? How do you think he'll react? Pardon? My mum's your doctor. I looked in your file. What? That's, a- that's illegal. Oh, I know, but I know your secrets, so... All good for that, eh? Ooh, burns. <laughs> that's the vibe I'm getting from that, and I love it. He is the sassiest bully oh, I've ever brilliant. seen. It's so good. He's so modern bully. I, I love it. Yeah, who says bullies have to be all like... They don't have to be macho. these like hood in a hoodie and a, you know, proper like lad. I love it. He's a proper sassy bully. He's brilliant. Yeah, no, I'm all for it. This, Yeah, this is completely unrealistic, but it adds another element to mess Ellie and it adds an extra lie which she's going to have to tell. And it's also going to put a job on the line if she starts doing stuff for this bully. It's going to put a job on the line, which is just another thing that she'll lose and crumble. Also, Dean absolutely deserves an A for his assignment. If he can work out from documents that say father doesn't want to be known, all that stuff about her. Yeah, well, I don't mean, he's a mind father. reader. He should be working with Dippy, I think, on the tarot cards. <laughs> exactly. Excellent. No, he's clearly a very intelligent man by getting all of that information, you know, her affair, everything, all from just one line on a medical record. So good for, good for you, Dean. Yeah, good for you. Because I think if that was me, I'd just turn around and be like, yeah, the father of the baby's not involved. The guy I'm married to is... is you could have said anything to him, I think, to, to throw him away. He's a little boy. You could have really belittled him and shown that you were a teacher. But as we saw in Ellie's eyes again, she just panics, tries to create a solution like she did with the Caitlin photo. She just sees what's in front of her. She sees red and she's like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Oh, quick, uh, panic. And that's what I love about Mess Ellie. She's great. I love Mess Ellie. I love Mess Ellie. But more than how much I love Mess Ellie, I love Kersha. Oh, we do love Kersha. And this week was such a strong week for Neighbours. A strong week with four lines from Kersha. I mean, non-stop Mrs Chatterbox. Where has this come from? She has had more lines than... Than some people. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, who who was missed off the street this week? I don't feel like I we saw... I feel like they might have had more lines than David and Aaron. They had a little scene together, but yeah, that was but it. they didn't have a lot. Kersha's really still on the show. I actually said to you before the show, I was like, do you think Kersha gets to go to the script read-throughs prior? Mm. Because, you know, she's never really in them. So mm. does she have to go to script read-throughs? I'm really intrigued. I never, I, yeah, I don't know if any of the under-18s go to them, generally, actually, because of their hours during the yeah. day. So maybe then they'd do that independently on the route in, wouldn't they? Um... It was great. I think we should have a listen to clip number one. Hey, my what's from school? Yeah, yeah, I saw them in the garage and I, you know, I just want you guys to feel more at home. That was good. She had a shock in her that was like, oh, my, my what's from school? You know, that, she, that was that good. I spend all day because I'm never at home. I yeah, no, it. I liked it. I thought she delivered that one well. What, what else did she say this week? She also spoke about Sonia. This was great. I want to focus on other ways of keeping Sonia's memory alive, starting with this. Sonia Rebecca Foundation. This is how you want to support the community centre. Yeah, the council has said that I can use one of the rooms at the centre as an office uh, with the aim of... Uh... Oh, fantastic. She can read. 
She can read things that are on screen. She did that well, though, because we we needed somebody to explain the Sonia Rebecca Foundation, and she did that line. We did. It's important. And then Tony was putting some posters up later, and she really, really spurred him on. Looks great, Tony. Oh, thanks, mate. (laughs) Oh, just giving Tony all that kind of buzz that he needed there. Yeah, well done. Just Kersha, well done. Kersha, well done. You've done really, really well this week. I just... I, there's nothing more I can say than well done. You've absolutely smashed it. And I hope that we see just as much, if not more, from you next week. I really do. Absolutely. So from Kirsch's best moments to just our best moments of the week, because there were so many this week that I, I just feel we we need to talk about some of these these little little things that happened. We do. We have to. And as I said earlier in the podcast, Sheila, as per usual, we absolutely love her. What, what, what was her name? What were we calling her? Mama Jugs. Mama Jugs. Mama Jugs. Um, has had some incredible moments this week. One of my favourite ones was um, just just as Imogen was leaving, she Imogen approached Sheila and, oh, they just had a great moment talking about pigs. So you're dropping the complaint? I don't want to leave with any bad blood. Plus, I don't want to put you under any more pressure than you've been lately. Oh, well, I know I've been really pig-headed. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, what I did to you, love, it was outrageous, and I am really, really sorry. Let's just forget about it. Take care of yourself, Sheila. Oh, thanks, love. Oh, pig-headed. Just fantastic. It's just so good. <laughs> it was the faces on both of them being like, oh, and Imogen just had a face where she was smiling and like, oh, this is this is funny. So nice to see Imogen reflective, you know, not worrying about things. I love that she just said, oh, I'm dropping the complaint. I've really warmed to Imogen, and I think a lot of us have. She's great. She's exactly what the show needed. She we is. needed someone to come in and go, you're all mental. What are you doing? I want her she back. Did it. She added the best dynamic. And I'm, I'm really sad she's leaving so soon as to Roxy coming in, because I think that would have been a really great dynamic in the yes. same way that when Piper first came in, she was a bit reckless. Yes. And Imogen was the one who was like, no, control yourself. And so. even when Piper left, Imogen was the one who was like, what are you doing with your life, Imogen? Yeah. And I think she would have done that with Roxy. She would have looked at her, given those little eyes to camera, that little eyebrow raise and been like, you are crazy. Yeah. And that would have been great. Imogen then left. Lovely little speech. Loved the nod to her husband and to um, her dad and her brother. Just, just a really, really nice piece of kind of nodding to neighbours of the past. Well, I've always been proud of your achievements, Imogen. And I know your brother would be too. So, I want you to come back soon and make sure you bring Daniel next time. Definitely, and I will send your love to the Queensland clan. <laughs> okay. All right, safe travels. This was great. Therese, like, hugged her if you watch it back. And she's like, bye. And she literally just slams the door in, like, the most, like, I'm a businesswoman way. It was very funny. But Sheila didn't stop there this week. Absolutely loved the engagement party. All of the... the- families all the cast on the street loads of random extras some pork pies sausage rolls it's what you know (laughs) bank holiday's about um and i loved that she was sat there with clive they were in deck chairs and she was having a little natter about the kennedys it's a bit of awkward the kennedys not getting an invite they could probably hear the festivities from inside the house we can only hope (laughs) (laughs) classic sheila great we we can only hope like the cannings have always been since they were first came onto the show always like a bit catty with stuff they hold grudges and they're like no you know i don't like that person i'm gonna say that i don't like that person and i just love that she just like, oh we can only hope that they're sat inside <laughs> feeling like they're missing out it's just so bitter and so catty and that's what having neighbors is all about you know you can get along with them and they can be your friends but you're always going to have these moments where you get annoyed by somebody else. And I love that we're seeing this. And I love that we had gazebos up in the middle oh, of yeah. Ramsey Tables. Street. It really reminded me of Stingray's final scene, yeah, actually. It was I so that. like that. I was like, oh my God, this is great. Um, 
the use of sets this week and just the use of location has been one of my favorites it was so varied um and so mixed and i just really enjoyed it i loved that there was um externals you had lots of in the house different scenes you had the school you had the hospital i feel like you know if you were ticking off all the different places in erinsborough you got a real view of it this week um and talking of another one that's the waterhole and Sheila gave a fantastic introduction to Roxy of what the water was like. So this old girl has had a lot of different names over the years, but she's always been a much-loved spot in Erinsborough. So what you're saying is the place is old? I can tell from the decor. No, what I was saying is that it, the place has a reputation as a family-friendly establishment, and I want everyone who comes here to feel welcome. So when you see someone, I want you to smile politely and give them a friendly hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> what was that? You told me to be friendly. Uh, not that friendly. Do I look like a madam to you? Maybe. Never too late for a career change. Oh, listen to me, Missy. You may be Teresa's niece, but that does not give you the right to give me cheek like that. Oh. Now come over here. This way. So nice. Little introduction for people who may not know the history of the waterhole. I love that Sheila kind of called it her own and she always looks after it. And then I just loved Roxy when she, you know, said, oh, say hello to people. And she was like, hello. <laughs> so good. I really like it. Neighbours has got so much history in it. It's been going for bloody years. So it's really nice when we get little moments that nod to its past. Um, and that was one of them. And I really enjoyed it. Um, when you were talking about different sets going on, we've also, you know, we all know from social media that this tram, this crazy tram is arriving. And at the end of this week, we got to see how it's arriving, where it's come from. And I love that it was like shoehorned in with a little like, you know, Carl's just been gifted it from Jemima. And this is how he's getting it. Oh, in the meantime, I got you a present. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry. It's, it's, it's an email from Jemima. Looks like she's got me a present. Oh. There's no message here, it's just a, just a video. So look. It was so great, classic Susan. Or never getting anything, you know, from her poor husband who's just too busy with his head in the clouds. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, it's a video, yeah, we've got a tram. I just, uh, this moment about the tram was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. I loved when Carl was saying, you know, oh, you know, where are we going to put it? Where are we going to put it? And Susan's like, you're not getting a, you're not getting a tram, Carl. You're not getting it. It was just classic, like, married couple. They've been married for so many years. And Susan's like, no, we're not doing another one of your stupid ideas. It's not happening. We need to get home and measure up the backyard. What? Well, yeah, if we shift the greenhouse, we can knock out the back wall of Billy's old room. Knock out the back? No, no. I can't believe you're considering keeping this thing. Even if we have the space, which we don't, what would you do with it? Well, I don't know. I, I could charge people admission to come and see it. Oh. I, I could turn it into a mini museum filled full of memorabilia, no, no, darling. No, no, enough, enough. You are going to call Jemima right now and graciously decline her very thoughtful but very large gift. I love that dynamic. And what it made me think of is like, hmm, so Susan's allowed to have basically a murderer in her house, but Carl's not allowed a tram. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting who wears the trousers there. <laughs> yeah. But then we all know that Carl's going to get the tram regardless because this is Carl and Carl does what Carl wants to do. So I can't wait to see what this tram's going to be. You know, we all know what it looks like, but we're all like, what on earth is it going to be? Is it just going to be a place that they sit? You know, what's going to happen? So I'm really interested about the tram. I'm excited about it. And Toadie's going to be holding a memorial for Sonia as part of the Sonia Rebecca Foundation in front of the tram. So I think that'll be one of our first looks at it in situ. So that'll be really nice this week. And this week we did have a little moment where, you know, Toadie's back now, so there's a lot more references to Sonia. But this week was a really heart-touching moment when he went and collected Sonia's ashes. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, it was emotional and it 
brought a tear to my eye again and it made me miss Sonia a lot, but at the same time, it made me appreciate where we're at now with the show. Well, no, it, it felt like something that I needed to do on my own. Um, the funeral home called yesterday and said that uh, today was the last day that they could hold on to the ashes before going to off-site storage. Do you know what you want to do with them? Bury them at the friendship tree. But I think it's something that I, I want to do on my own again. What about Nellie Fish? I don't want to involve her. She's been having dreams about Sonia the last few nights since being back and, um... Yeah, just trying to connect Mum with this. Uh, that's, that's too confronting. Well, maybe you could save some. That way she can scatter them somewhere when she's older and feels ready. It's a beautiful idea, V. Thank you. See you guys after school. Loved Yashvi in that moment. They're really ageing her and growing her up a bit, even though she's back to school, she's 18. But um, I really liked that. I really liked that she just gave that reference point that Toadie was really honest and felt he wanted to do that himself. And I hope we have Toadie, Nell and Hugo in the show for years to come because to see Nell grow up into a, a talking part character... Yeah. Um, could bring some brilliant scenes. And for us to actually have a child who's grown up in the show and then can actually reference that... Her mum died a bit like how um, Libby used to do with, uh, I want to say oh, Ben. With Ben's, yeah, with, ben, with yeah, Ben's dad. With yeah. Ben's dad. Um, I kind of feel like we could have those kind of scenes. And I really enjoyed that when Ben used to want to be like a mechanic because his dad was and all those yeah. kind of things. Um, I think we could have a bit of that. And uh, it, again, it just opens up a, a real storyline for long term. I really enjoy what they're doing with the Rebecca family. I enjoy that despite the fact there's obviously not enough room for the whole family in Absolutely that house. Absolutely not. Um, I really enjoy that they're all under one roof and they're all supporting each other. Um, and it gives that house a purpose and it gives now that Sonia's gone a family element back to that house, which I'm really liking. It's making me love Dippy as a character even more and Shane. And I find that they are becoming like a stronger married couple because they've got Tony there to look after. I'm really enjoying it. It was a nice touching way to round off a week, which has been full of fun. Um, this week has made me so happy and it's just been just the perfect watching. I have enjoyed every single episode this week. The storylines and the script writing has been absolute 10 out of 10. So to round it off with a little note to Sonia and a bit more emotional shows brilliantly how well Neighbours does with being funny and then partnering it against sadder, more serious moments. And I thought it was great. It was. I really loved some of the um, kind of camera shots we got this week as well. I noted that we had a lot of kind of panning through the house scenes. So we were in the kitchen or uh, Roxy was in the living room and then we'd have like a track camera shot that would slide into the kitchen. It really reminded me of that kind of American soap, kind of American drama that the show used to have quite a bit of. Um, I love that, you know, with the water hole set again, you saw Sheila walking from the bar all the way to the other side. And again, it was just one shot kind of pulling through with her. And then you had these more kind of close up warm shots, like when Carl was looking at the video of the tram on his phone, you know, and it was over Carl's shoulder. It was just it was just really stylized and there was lots of really lovely moments and Roxy's scenes were obviously very overdramatic. Yeah, lots of sexy shots of her, to the bar you know. and I just thought that was really great. That was a moment where, you know, we know they got their PG rating now, but they're using it to the best possible way. It doesn't all need to be sex and nakedness. Instead you can have moments like Roxy lighting a fire on the bar and being all sexy that is very much appropriate for the time that it's in. And also it 
you know, his audience is happy about it because it's not going to OTT. And I thought just so many perfect little touches this week that just made it a really, really strong week for the show. Yeah. So we're going to go now and light our own fire on a bar because that's obviously what we need to do to celebrate Roxy's arrival. Um, Please get in touch with us. Tell us what you've been loving this week. uh, What's been happening? Do you love Roxy? Do you hate her? Do you agree with us? Do you think we're totally mad? Um, let us know tweet us facebook us instagram us at ramsey speak please come and follow us we'd love to have you on there um and we will be back with you uh in your ears next week so we'll speak to you then bye